Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Today we've got the absolute best. Um, you will remember that we're in a time of you know, significant transition. Uh, as as a congregation, uh, because uh, last week was Bill Kuzak's last Sunday uh, as the uh, pastor of this congregation. Those of you who are new here, uh, we're multi-congregational. Sammy and I are senior pastors over Emmaus Road, but each congregation has its own uh, leaders. And um, so Bill uh, is moving into this wonderful new role as, as, as the regional uh, director of, of pastoral care, serving all the congregations. He'll still be based here. The only reason he's not here this week, he's not run away. Uh, it's just that Nikki Kuzak, his wife, is competing in, is it European? He's in, in Spain, but what's it, European? The European Triathlon. Uh, and she, I think she's the best. She's something like the best or second best, but she'll always tell you she's the best in her age group. So she's, she's, un, she's, she's not just into triathlon, she is like unbelievable at it. So uh, that's why Bill's not here today. And that means that it is the first Sunday uh, when Adam and Hannah Heather are uh, leading this church. And you may say, well, why has that scruffy bloke been leading it thus far? And the answer is we wanted to take this morning to really go in depth a little bit for you to get to know things about Adam and Hannah that you might not know already. And um, we did this a little while ago when Scott and Misty Bauer stepped off eldership. And um, we took some time just to rehearse their story. And so many people said, I had no idea. And it was so helpful to understand you know, the, the 24-7 prayer piece and all of that stuff. So how it all fits together. And so we wanted to uh, do that uh, today. And, you know, in, in, in all the years that I, 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 I've, I've been in church ministry, I think one of the main things I've learned is that it's all about leadership. In fact, you know, James Thomas, who's a member of this church who who's in private equity, and he runs a lot of very famous businesses, he would say the key, 98%, is leadership, removing bad leadership, putting in good leadership. And um, as Christians, there are really three things we look for in leaders. Uh, We look for gifts from God, skills, which are from the person. They're things you learn and you develop and you practice, you get good at. You know, God doesn't give you the gift of tennis, It's a skill. You work at it. So gifts and skills. And then the third one is character. Character. And that one is partly God and partly us. And uh, we live in an age where if someone's highly skilled, people don't seem to care about their character. But that's not so in the church. Character really matters. It's probably the most important because uh, we are shaped not by what we're taught, but by what, we, what, what, what is caught. It, it's an impartation. And we, if you read in 1 Timothy and in Titus, the guidelines for leaders in churches, it's all about 
character? How's your marriage? How, what's your attitude to hospitality? What's your relationship with alcohol? How are your kids? These are the instructions. And in many church days, sadly, we don't know, for example, if the pastor is hospitable because no one ever goes near their house. And so uh, we're determined to try and, and do this the New Testament way. And, and, and so that's why I think this is really a valuable moment for us as a church to hear from Adam and Hannah. And I want you to get a sense. Um, I think most of you already know a lot of their gifting. They are incredibly gifted. Hannah preached two weeks ago, and it was just unbelievable. It was phenomenal. It sort of set the table for what we're about as a church. Um, and and uh, Adam is the executive pastor of this church. We're going to hear a bit more about that in a moment. But he is just so, so gifted and increasingly skilled in that role. Um, and the whole sea level has risen since he took that role on. Uh, he is, he, he, there's such favor. We did just a listening exercise with the staff team recently to just work all the time at our culture. And one of the bits of feedback was just, deep appreciation from our staff team for Adam. And he, so he, he serves the different congregations in that way. And uh, is, is, these are gifted and skilled people. Uh, but I also want you to get a sense, as we talk to them now, of their heart and their character. And I, I want to tell you this, because this is the stuff they can't tell you. There is such integrity in these guys. Um, I'll give you an example. You know, Adam was talking to me recently about a particular TV series that he'd been. He said, "I I just can't watch it anymore because I, I just feel I feel compromised in watching it. It's not like a really dodgy one. It's one that everyone's watching." He said, "I my conscience is troubled. I've just switched it off." This is a man of integrity, a woman of integrity. I love how they're raising their kids. They've had a really tough time over the last few years with Hannah's health uh, and, and just with two young kids. We all know what that's like. And they have just behaved with resilience. They work hard. They're good fun. You know, they're just great people. So, you know, I'm so excited about them stepping into this role. At the end, we're going to pray for them and bless them. But I wonder if you could just put your hands together and welcome. And it really is a welcome moment. Adam and Hannah Heather. Come on. Come on, guys. Adam, you've had a haircut specially. I have. I have. I have. I have. I didn't actually want it to be this short, but, you know, apparently they don't listen to you when you go to a haircut, you know. Where'd you get Men your... Men have one haircut, and they're like, yeah, 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 great, and then they just do whatever they want, and it's always short. So. Where'd, you, where'd you get your haircut, then? At Headmasters. Oh. Know, standby appointment. Oh, you know? yes, hipster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I used... I, I don't... You can probably tell anymore, but I, I used... Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't feel I had enough tattoos to get my hair cut at Headmasters. Um, brilliant. Well, guys, we are so ex- we're so excited, aren't we, about them stepping into into this role? We are so so glad. And I know, sort of, you know, at the end of this, you know, you want to share a little bit of what you're sensing for the future and your vision, and you want to open the Bible, which is great. But first of all, 
just tell us a bit about you guys. We'd love to know a bit about your story, how you came to be here in Guildford, how you came to meet, you know, all that, you know, that thing at dinner parties. Well, how did you get together? It's, yeah, tell us the story. Well, before we do that, we've actually got a little 20-second clip of almost the first time we met, so it's a little embarrassing, but we thought we'd bring it out. Welcome to this week's 24-7 Rewind. Wow. <laughs> Bit of chemistry there. Hi, and welcome to this week's Rewind. I'm Adam Heather, 24-7 Communications. And I'm Hannah McVeigh, Vision Chris here. Oh, I know. that's so... That's so... How long ago was that? Ten years. Ten years. Wow. That video, embarrassingly, goes on for another four and a half minutes. So we decided not to do it. Well, so we met at the office, at the 24-7 prayer office. And in fact, so I'd been working for 24-7. I joined in the December. I was part of the comms team. And 10 years ago, 24-7 wasn't as big. You know, it didn't have the sort of resources that it has now. So it was still scraping money together. So I had been hired with the kind of promise of, unfortunately, we'd love you to come and work. We can't pay you more than minimum wage. And so at the time, I was working uh, for the NHS in Bristol Monday and Tuesday. At Wednesday, I was waking up at four, getting in the car at five to get to the office here in Guildford for nine, working Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sleeping in a sort of semi-converted garage, and then going back and working for a church back in Bristol as well. So I was doing that for a few months, and then this job came up to um, help oversee something called the vision course. And, uh, you know, went for the interview, was sure, you know, I'd proved myself, I'm sure I was a shoo-in. Did the interview and found out a few weeks later that I wasn't going to be offered the job. And uh, I decided to drive home along the hog's back, and I remember driving home, and, you know, the character thing 10 years ago didn't have quite as godly character as I do now, and so I was, you know, just quietly raging and I just remember, cl clear as day, God said, I want you to pray for the person who got the job. <laughs> I was like, no way. Um, but, you know, long story short, it turns out that God was hiring my wife. So Hannah took the job, and um, we met a few months later. Do you, do you ever feel, like with hindsight, in heaven, we're going to spend the first few years just laughing, going, oh, that's what you were doing. But that's a nice little, a nice little moment, isn't it? So, Hannah, you... You came in from where and nicked this job from the man who would be your future husband. There was enormous kind of sexual tension for, for a long time in the office, I seem to remember. But tell, us a, tell <laughs> no. us a bit about the story anyway. You're not actually allowed to say sexual tension at church. You oh, never okay. got the church leaders You can say it anywhere else, but not here. Not here. Um, Try reading the Song of Songs. But there, anyway, let's, anyway. Um... Yes. I mean, anyone who's met Adam will know he's just so lovely and so lovable. So I arrived in Guildford to a very, very frosty reception from everyone who loved Adam and hated this random Irish girl that showed up and stole his job. But um, I came in from... So I had just finished my degree. I did my, um, my undergraduate degree in St. Andrews in systematic theology. I graduated and was doing sort of a little internship role with Alpha Scotland, met Pete in, through that role. He, um, Pete came up to Glasgow and we did a little event um, together. So kind of got in touch that way. And then when this vision role, vision course role came up, um, 
Pete and my boss at the time at Alpha Scotland said, you should throw your hat in the ring. And I was quite a Celtic sort of, you know, like Ireland or Scotland till I die. So I'm like, Guildford, I've never heard of this. Came down and did the interview and actually just got a real, a real excitement about what God was going to do here. Um, and so, yeah, started my role with the vision course. And that was, for those of you who have joined more recently in the, the church, we started the vision course, which was with 24-7 Prayer International. People will come from all over Europe. They'd come and spend five months here with our church. We would train them up in theology and then send them out on, on mission here in Guildford and then off into Europe as well. So lots of the faces that you know and love today actually came here through that program. So people like Sam Ray, Lily Jones, she was Lily Gunter at the time. She met her husband here and stayed here, Jonathan Radmull and others. So that's why I kind of was doing. Wonderful, wonderful. And so um, you guys obviously became, started as colleagues, we started rivals and colleagues, and then you, you, you began dating, obviously. And how long ago did you get get married? It was a lovely wet day, I seem to remember, in Northern Ireland. It was. December 2015? Oh. She thinks so, yeah. Yeah, 2015. It was definitely 2015. You yeah. have no idea how you got off the hook there, Adam. <laughs> yes, yeah. So we've been... It will be... Yeah. It was 2016. Pete, it was 15. This Pete is Pete and Andrew, they the know. Answer. 2015. We'll come on to that in a minute. <laughs> um, so what, one of the things I just want us to note from your story thus far is, um, obviously, Hannah has been there, St. Andrew's, you know, systematic theology, bit of alpha, calms down. And, and Ad, you'd been off at, in, at Bethel, hadn't you, in Redding, California, learning School of Supernatural Ministry, all that you know, that, that power stuff. And I, I love the way that in you guys, it's, it is like word and, and spirit coming together. And I, I think we really see that. And if Hannah's talk two weeks ago was, was all about that. It was the word and the spirit uh, coming together. I, so I love that sort of blending of your, of, of your stories. And now you've got, you got married and you've got two little children. Tell us about them. Yeah, they're amazing. So we've got Thea. She is just coming up on four. She'll be four in July. And then uh, little Noah is coming up on six months at the end of this month. And so, yeah, they're wonderful. One, yeah, kind of two little, co- uh, two little COVID babies coming through COVID. But, yeah, do you want to say anything and about them? H- Hannah, you, how are you juggling being a primary carer for the kids? I know you've... You actually still have a role with 24-7 prayer, don't you? We sort of nicked Adam into Emmaus. But just tell us how on earth are you juggling all these things? People probably just see you on Sunday, you know, preaching the Bible, thinking this looks easy. But I I don't think it is, is it? It's a lot. Like, life is very full, um, but it's really, really rich. It's actually lovely um, because I'm on maternity leave at the moment. I've got six more months left, which is so lovely. Um, And it's just... Do you know, it's just a really different pace of life. It's really full and it's really fast and really slow all at once. And I feel like when you're in that parenting stage, it's, it's a real mixture of all of that. And, um, but there's something very, there's actually something really sacred about this season. And I'm finding, 
I mean, it's very sanctifying. You know, you you do the nappy, and then they refill it immediately, and you sort of you realize the depths of your impatience that you don't in normal life, and so it's very sanctifying season. But um, but it's also very slow. You know, my day kind of moves at the pace of a three-year-old who wants to pick every daffodil that she sees, and not just pick that daffodil, but stop until she's blown off all the little, what are they, petals, little things on them. Um, And so it's very slow, but I find, honestly, the more I walk with Thea at that pace, the more I realize I think God kind of does as well, and actually slowing down and and, and going at that pace, I'm noticing him in all sorts of ways. So, yes, yeah, so it's a bit of a different season. Adam's definitely taking the, um, taking the heavy load right now in terms of work. He works so hard and so fast, and I really don't know how he does everything that he does do. And he kind of joked this week, like, oh, my rules sort of doubled all of a sudden now that we're doing this Guildford thing as well. But he just takes it in his stride and has this huge capacity, and I'm chief cheerleader right now and, and doing what I can as well. Um, but, you know, um, I think my favorite book that I've ever read on Christian leadership is by Henry Now, and it's called In the Name of Jesus. It's a mm. tiny little book. Brilliant. It's so good, isn't it? And he says this, which I'm going to actually read, because I think it really sums up um, this season for me. He says, more and more, the desire grows in me simply to walk around, greet people, enter their homes, sit on their doorsteps play ball, throw water, and be known as someone who wants to live with them. It is a privilege to have the time to practice this simple ministry of presence. Still, it is not as simple as it seems. My own desire to be useful, to do something significant, or to be part of some impressive project is so strong that soon my time is taken up by meetings, conferences, study groups, and workshops that prevent me from walking the streets. It's difficult not to have plans not to organize people around an urgent cause and not to feel that you're working directly for social progress. But I wonder more and more if the first thing shouldn't be to know people by name, to eat and drink with them, to listen to their stories and tell your own, and to let them know with words, handshakes and hugs that you do not simply like them, but truly love them. And honestly, for me this season, where he says that, um, that, that privilege the simple privilege of the simple ministry of presence. I really feel like that's the season that I'm in. And so I'm here and I want to walk with you, shake your hand, hug you, get to know you, and um, and not just love you, but like you, and not just like you, but love you. You know, the, the real richness, the depth of the time that I have at the moment. So if you want to sit on a doorstep, play ball, throw water, then this is really the time. Pick daffodils. Pick daffodils, exactly. That's what I'm going to be doing. That's profound and and beautiful and you've talked about how hard Adam works and I think it's appropriate to say you're working just as hard it's just different and and we want to honor one of the reasons that we love that you're leading as a couple is we want to honor many people it tends to be the woman who are sometimes in that hidden season where it can feel very unglamorous but we we recognize the sanctity, as you say, of that of that season, and we we want to lift pressure off uh, Hannah. Um, you know, when we were talking about them stepping into this role, we said just do what you can do, 
Um, but but we're not we're not going to be sort of cracking the whip, saying you've got to do more and more for the Guildford congregation. We all just want her to be a brilliant mum first and foremost. We love that she's studying theology and all the rest of it, and we'll take whatever we can get out of her. So thank you. Um, and add Hannah touched on this, but you know you you, you do work incredibly hard. You know the stats we saw in the video earlier. I mean that. There's just blooming work behind all of that. I mean, you know, it, it's all God, and we gave thanks to God, but there's an awful lot of work. And, and you know, you're holding together all these different congregations, all these different dynamics. And so when we began talking about you stepping into this role, um, most people will just go, well, how does that even shake down? Because you're already very busy. So talk to us a bit about... Firstly, why you were so keen to step into this role? And then we're going to look at our strategy for helping you not to go pop. <laughs> I think for a long time, Hannah and I led the evening service together. And then when Noah came along, realized just two young kids, we just couldn't keep doing that in the same way. And also, I looked out one Sunday and just thought, why does everyone's clothes not fit? and then realized it was just because I was so much older than them now. I still believe in a sort of T-shirt that fits as opposed to a really baggy one. So just realized my time of leading students was maybe coming to an end, and I was slightly older than I thought I was. So as we begin to step you, away from mate, that... Mate, it's going to be the policeman looking younger, sports yeah, stars. Yeah. Before you know it, the prime minister's younger than you. It's so depressing. Yeah, I realized... Isn't it funny that Marks and Spencers have started, like, targeting a younger audience, and then you realize, no, you've just reached the audience. And so... Um, Mate, I had a saga advert on Instagram the other day. What's that all even... Like, who did that? How did that happen? Um, Sanitary products. I mean, it's just dreadful. It's just like social media screams at you. We know you're demographic and you're in trouble. Anyway, Ad. And so as we stepped out of that role, I just realized that my title as executive pastor was maybe going to become a little bit too executive and a little too little pastor. And just really believe that pastoral ministry is incarnational. It's being with people and leading people and being in the mix of people. You know, and one thing I really love about Emmaus is that we do just believe in equipping the saints for the works of service. We believe in all of you guys. Just how do we release you into everything that the Lord has for you? And realize that there would be a danger if I wasn't actually leading a congregation, as not actually just in the mix of people, always slightly being a kind of helicopter flying above them, that the danger is you just feel a little bit disconnected from actually just doing the work, walking with people, preaching, leaning into the Holy Spirit, being there for the, the great moments where they get married and the horrible moments when they have the hospital appointment. And so we just prayed and realized that we got into this game because we believed in the local church. We just believed in the local church and walking with people. And so um, I didn't want to spend my time doing organizational diagrams. I wanted to be doing that. I believe in a church that is run well, efficient, all of those things, of course, but I just wanted to be with people and making sure that my job and our job was reflecting that. So so, um, so then when we, we, we sensed this was a life-giving um, kind of decision, we felt it was good for the congregation, actually good for Adam and Hannah, but logistically was challenging. And um, so some of you will know that... Um, as we, as we looked into that, we realized the Lord has softened the way, had raised someone up who could come and really sort of carry a lot of the load, particularly for Adam, uh, both regionally, operationally, and here in the congregation. 
And uh, we saw a little window into that in a quite peculiar moment earlier in this interview when Adam and Hannah together could not remember their own wedding anniversary. But a little man on the front row knew exactly when it was. So uh, no greater illustration could be provided of, of, of his eye for detail and the closeness of the friendship. So why don't we just put our hands together and welcome Pete Burton up to the stage. This is sort of like chess, everything moving around. So, Pete, everybody knows you from, um, well, that guitar solo uh, 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 earlier, obviously, but also uh, director of worship, and I know you continue to do that, but people will be asking lots of questions about how's it all going to work. So wh what's your new role? You know, why, are you, why are you excited about it? How's it all going to fit together? Not entirely sure. It's something like associate Guildford pastor slash regional lead but basically the associate to both of the things that Adam is, is doing and director of worship um, regionally. So I, I look after worship across Emmaus, but mostly that involves kind of just making sure Woking Aldershot have what they need. And I really carry the, the load, as you can see here in Guildford, I'm in the band most weeks and leading a lot. Um, so that's the part that's going to change. So I'm going to be slightly less involved uh, here on Sundays in worship. I'll probably, I don't know, once a month or something like that, I'll I'll um, play guitar, lead worship. Um, and so we're bringing somebody in um, three days a week. I think the thing about you know, the worship team here is we just have the most amazing uh, group of singers and musicians and uh, sound engineers and AV people. Like, it's just the most incredible team. And I remember when I joined the church, um, you know, 10, 11 years ago, and the church itself was about 30 people. And uh, there was only a couple of us, and it was just, you know, and, and the sound went off when you hit a certain decibel limit, like the electricity shut out. And it was just, there, was a, there was a ceiling on, on, on everything, and, and it's just such a privilege now to be part of a team that um, they're humble, they're talented, they're hardworking, they get here first, they're usually out last. Um, and so I'm not worried at all about that, and I, I'm excited personally to, to be a little bit kind of less involved in, in the detail of that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. And in terms of the new role, I think really excited. Um, on the one level for, for that, the fact that I'll be a, a little freer from, from some of the worship stuff means I'll get to, to preach more, um, which is something that personally I've really felt an increasing kind of call towards. Um, you know, I've been studying the past sort of three years now, um, working on my master's and just really feeling like, you know, that's the, the thing that I want to run after. And um, just, um, yeah, I, just, it's, I feel like something has awakened in me in the past few years. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful for all the, the sort of worship and the, the music that I've been involved in over the years, but definitely sense that, you know, this is the time to make a bit of a gear shift. Um, and, uh, and yeah, naturally, I, I've, I've done a lot of different roles in Emmaus over the years. So when I first um, started working for the church about eight years ago, I did ops and website and podcasts, and uh, I got us on the church suite. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I have no idea how it works anymore because they've changed the whole thing, but I, I started it. Um, and uh, so I've kind of, you know, I've, I've done all those rules. And I just, I feel like I have a good sense of, of Emmaus, um, both on that kind of operational level, but also just family, right? This, this is my family. Um, I, I moved here as a 20-year-old as a with uh, sort of the intention of studying music for two years at, at ACM and, and leaving and going and touring the world. But um, within about five minutes of walking through the doors of what was then called the Guildford Boiler Room, um, Sue Leach invited me and my friend Steve around for dinner, and uh, that was that was me. Um, it, it's been my kind of um, spiritual family ever since. And uh, I think we have we got some photos. Yeah, we've got a bunch of pictures of of Adam and Hannah, and and uh, all sort of through the years, you'll you'll probably there recognize plenty of other people in there. Beautiful. Um, 
Matt, wow. Dav Matt, Matt Davis is in a lot of them. He seems to crop up a lot. Hannah and I actually, Matt and Hannah and I love, live together um, at Sydenham Road. And uh, Adam and her were dating at the time. And they would often just go elsewhere. They wouldn't be in the house because Matt and I were so annoying to be around. And uh, Matt, Matt was dating Path long distance. I was dating Andrea long distance. So he and I would be watching like The Walking Dead together. And then you know, our girlfriends would call and we'd be like, should we just wait? Should we finish this episode? And so it's... Um, so good. And one of the things we can see there is there's such a close relationship, isn't there, between, you know, you as, as couples. Andrew's here on the, on, on, on the front row. I think you're godparents to each other's children and, and, and all the rest of it. So, um, you know, that, 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 that's something that's wonderful to see, actually. Much better to work with, with, with your friends, isn't it? And, and Pete, what's going to happen in terms of worship because obviously you're not going to be able to put in as much time are we allowed to say about that yet yeah so we've um just uh last week offered um a role to someone um very exciting um uh, they'll start in july mid-july and they'll 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 be the guilford worship pastor and um they will yeah they'll they'll run the team they'll do a great job of that i i know the person i trust them i think they're going to do a phenomenal job and um and i'll still kind of help with input on, on sort of some of the, the bigger picture stuff with worship um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. Fantastic! He clearly he clearly isn't allowed to tell you yet who it is. Uh, I mean, I was I was doing my best, but I, you know, I couldn't get it couldn't get it out of him. I, uh, I, I can say I can say you're allowed to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it was you that didn't want me no. to. Um, some of you, if you've been part of the church longer, uh, sort of a couple of years or more, you will remember Rosella. Uh, Caruso, who is um, Italian and uh, led worship as part of our team here for several years. And um, for various reasons, Rosella and her family are moving back to the UK. They, they'd gone to Sicily, um, but they're coming back in July. And uh, so we, we sort of got an inkling of that earlier this year and, and sort of the, the bells started chiming and thought, actually, this could work out really well. So I'm really delighted that um, Rosella is going to be uh, coming on board and, and leading the worship team here in Guildford. And yeah, she's going to do a great job. So you'll see her around from the sort of uh, second Sunday of July or so. Wonderful. It's such a great... I mean, those of you who remember Rosella, she, she's just a worshipper. For, I mean, she's brilliant musically, but when she's up here, you, you know, she just is... And it's not just when she's up, but she's a worshipper. That's her heart, and it's sort of contagious. So we're really excited about that. Um, guys, this all just feels so good, to be honest. It just it's, it sort of fits, doesn't it? But tell us a little bit about your about about your your vision, Hannah, Adam. Where where are you sensing that that we should be going? What's God saying to us as a congregation? I think if you, you know, Pete talked a little bit around what Hannah shared a couple of weeks ago. If you weren't here or you haven't heard that, like I really strongly encourage you to go away and listen as. Hannah and I were thinking and praying, discerning about stepping into that. Really felt the Lord talked to us a lot out of, um, out of Exodus 3 and that story. And so rather than being able to go into all of that. But I was asked um, a few months ago, and it's such a great question. It was part of a workshop that I was doing. And I got asked, picture 10 years from now. And I want to I'd actually encourage you right now, picture 10 years from now. Everything that you hoped and prayed for had come to pass through this church. You know, and we're talking that Ephesians, like God who's able to do infinitely more. So anything, if you can think it, it's legal, according to the Bible. So what is that? And a journalist hears about this story, and he comes to find out what's it all about. What is the headline of that article? And I really encourage you, like, what is the headline? 
What is the thing that you're praying and thinking into? And as we sat down to do that exercise, we realized that what that article would say to us is it's the, the journalist would come and he'd hear this story of a community being transformed, of relationships and marriages being better, of schools stepping up, of hospitals stepping up, of businesses and culture, of depression going down, poverty going down, crimes going down. And right at the heart of all of that, there was this prophetic community that were just uh, serving one another and then stepping out into, into the culture, into the city, into the different places and just bringing the soul and light and the good news of Jesus. And so we, believed, we believe that transformed people go out and transform cities and that's our prayer. And um, I was actually a few years ago, quite a few years ago now, I was at London Bible Week, you know, not the most exciting thing, but I loved it because I also studied theology. And N.T. Wright was teaching, who I know a lot of you read. And he was talking about a really simple verse. It's in Luke uh, 21. Sorry, Luke 17, 21. And it says this. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Or if you have the New King James Version, it says the kingdom of God is inside of you. And N.T. Wright was talking about that, and he really simply said, it's actually not a great translation. What Luke is trying to say there is best translated as, the ball is in your court. And I love that, and I just feel like God's been bringing that back to me, of like, okay, Adam, just reminding me as I wake up, as I go to bed, the ball is in your court. What are you going to do with this kingdom that's been beckoned in? And just time and time again, we see in the life of Jesus that the kingdom advances through compassion. You know, the woman at the well, the Syrophoenician woman, the centurion servant, just time and time again, Jesus moving in compassion and seeing the kingdom go out. And so I believe that God is calling us to have compassion for our city. And so we want to create a great church. We want this to be a place where people come, they feel loved and encouraged. They feel that they're surrounded by people who believe in them and encourage them. And we gather around the person and the presence of Jesus. But then we go out and move by compassion. We bring that good news and that kingdom of God. And, uh, and we believe that we are going to see a city transformed. We live with Sam Ray. And as we were preparing yesterday, who's the kids' pastor for here, I know a lot of you will know him. And we just said, Sam, what is it that you love about Emmaus? And he thought for a minute and he said, I've never had a dream or a vision for Emmaus that's felt like it's out of reach. He says that any dream, there feels like there's permission here to have however big a dream I want for the kids' work. And I think that's so true. That's what I love about this church, is that I do believe that we are a people, we're a community, we're a family on a mission, and that we're called to make a sizable difference in this region. And it's a privilege for us to work out ways that we might equip you, equip the saints for the works of service. So, Yeah, I think, you know, the, the primary 
task of the church isn't actually evangelism, but rather it's displaying the life of the kingdom in our own life and in our community in such a way that it provokes the question that leads to effective evangelism. And that's really my dream um, for us as, as a church community, that we live the life of the kingdom in such a way that it begs the question. Um, and I think that's on, a le- like on that macro level of like counselors in government and people that, you know, leaders of schools, like what you know, why, um, why are you guys supporting the kids in this way? Right down to like you and I and each of us, you know, me picking daffodils or in the park or you guys in your workplaces living these transformed lives in such a way that it begs the question and that Jesus is just so uh, easily accessible as the answer to those questions. That's, um, that's really my dream, actually, that we would display the life of the kingdom in our midst. And I love Eugene Peterson has this line, um, about the birthplace of the church being at the place of the impossible, the tomb, right? Like this community, this is not formed out of anything sensible. Like this community isn't formed out of anything rational or logical. This community is formed at the birthplace of the impossible. And so I want a a supernatural vision for what God's going to do for this city. You know, there's a fair few of us in this room, but not enough in any normal sense to make a difference here. But with this sort of kingdom economy and the kingdom logic, anything can happen. So let's write those headlines. So, so, so good. Um, I'd love us just to pray for these guys now. Because, um, we, you know, we believe in, in, in anointing for appointing. Uh, we believe that uh, this is something for them to do, not just in their own strength, but in God's strength. And, um, you know, uh, we, we're called to pray for our leaders. So uh, it'd be great to do that. It'd be great if uh, as any members of the core leadership team want to come up. Let's get the band up. Let's create a bit of a mess. Guys, if you want to just come stand in the middle here, Andrea, come on up and join them. Um, Sammy, Isway, and you guys all come on up. Let's just pray for them, and then we're just going to sing a final song. Uh, but let's hold on to that vision, even in our own prayers, uh, moving forward. You know, God is building a great church here. But our dream is not that. Our, our vision is to build a great city for, for Guildford, for this region to be totally transformed because Jesus is alive. Not just through us. There are other brilliant churches, but that God would do something here that would make a measurable difference amongst the poor and the lost and would change the culture in our region. That's what we're longing to see. That's what these guys are laying their lives down for. Are you guys up for that? Yeah, that's exciting. So let's all stand together, shall we? And uh, let's stretch out our hands towards these guys. Uh, Trust me, you have a vested interest in the power of God coming upon these guys for this role. Uh, So let's just pray for them now. Israel, you lead us up. Yes, Father, we thank you that you are here. You have appointed these guys for this season. We just pray that, Father, you would fill these guys with wisdom, with passion, and with compassion. Lord, we pray that, God, there would be an unrestrained hunger in them to see you move, to see lives change, to see this city changed. Lord, I thank you for the integrity, for the love, for all that you have invested in these guys over the years, Lord. We just pray that, Father, their hunger would grow even deeper. 
The more they feed on you, Father, I pray you would make them hungry to see lives change, to see, Father, the community change. I pray for new ideas, Lord Jesus, that, Father, you would infuse these guys with ideas. The Bible says to whom we believed is able to do exceedingly abundantly and above what we can pray for or even imagine. Lord, I pray you would do things through these guys that, Heavenly Father, their imaginations cannot even possibly conceive. I pray that, God, you would move so powerfully, Heavenly Father, that, God, you would just, Heavenly Father, move ahead of them in everything they do. Lord, we pray that, God, you would be the light, Heavenly Father, that illuminates their paths. In the name of Jesus, we pray for their families, Father. We know that, God, Heavenly Father, when you call people, Heavenly Father, families become involved. And I just pray that, Father, you would just come and be with them. And we pray against everything that the enemy might throw at them, Lord. We, the Bible says, Heavenly Father, there is no weapon that is formed against us that will be able to prosper. As these guys tap into what you've called them, there won't be anything that prospers against them. We pray for good health and for good spirits. In Jesus' name I pray. And Adam, Hannah, we recognize God's anointing upon you. Uh, We recognize the beautiful way God has brought you together and brought you into this place at this time for these good works for his glory. And we as God's people agree together there will be protection upon your household, upon your children, upon your relationships. And we speak over you joy in this season, joy in leadership, joy in this role. Let the mantle of the Lord fall upon your shoulders. May the weight be a comfortable weight, like a good coat, but never a weight that drags your shoulders down. We pray the favor of the Lord ahead of you and within you and behind you. The wind in your sails the horizon in your sights, and great joy upon the ship. We ask God your blessing in the name of the Father to build family in this place, that we would love one another. We ask in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, this would be a missional and sacrificial people who change lives with the gospel. And we ask in the name of the Holy Spirit that the power of God and the presence of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the counsel and advocacy of the Spirit would go before you and be within you in this season. And Pete and Andrew, we pray God's blessing on you for this role. Let the favor of God be upon you. May there be joy upon you. May there be protection upon your household. And may we pray blessing upon the relationship between you guys as couples. May there be a lot of laughter. May there be a lot of dreaming. May there be a lot of storytelling. We bless you too in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful.